It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait! Can't can't can't, can't wait! It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome in to the Saturday show here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is this Rush? Solid pull. Neil Peart Rest in away. peace. Yeah. Neil Peart. Rest in peace. One of the greatest guitarists of all time. If drummer. Not the, oh, sorry. Drummer, you're right. One of the greatest of all time. But If not the. Yeah. The first concert I ever went to see in person at USANA Amphitheater. Wow, there you go. 13. Okay. With Rush, so bringing you in. Um, yeah, Rush, great. If you ask Greg Rubel, the greatest band to ever, you know, walk the earth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the musical world, sending their uh, sending their love Neil Peart's way. Too bad that he, he died, what, at age 67? 67 had brain uh, cancer. Yes, that's so sad to hear. Um, but welcome in, Saturday show. I'm Adrian Lizer with Jake Hatch here, uh, Eric Jensen behind the glass, and uh, excited to be with you. Another show. Here on Saturday on this uh, cold, wintry January day where supposedly we're supposed to get demolished by snow and it still hasn't happened yet. It's looking more and more ominous But out it there, does though. look ominous. That is a good word to you. I was saying dreary. Dreary, it, it yeah, looked, But ominous is a little more scary. Well, see, the funny thing is when I left my house, I lived down in Saratoga Springs and it was actually blue skies, partly cloudy down there. And as I drew f- drove further north, the more dreary it got. Yeah, yeah. So, it's coming. It's a coming. Yeah, I was up north watching some volleyball this morning, and it looked like it was night outside. Okay. The clouds were dark. All right. So stay safe out there if it yep. does snow. Um, drive safely. Slow down. Let's just not have one of those days where it's always the first storm of the winter in Utah where they, with the UHP comes out the next day and says, 700 crashes on roads this weekend because people just forgot that snow driving and things. So be safe out there. Be careful. Yeah. But Jake, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you doing, my I'm friend? I'm good. Um, this is an awkward day here on the Saturday show. Why is that? It's awkward because it's playoff day in the NFL. <laughs> and uh, we spoke last week and nobody gave the Vikings a chance. Here they are. My Vikings taking on your bandwagon niners bandwagon I'm niners kidding. i'm just kidding excuse no, I me i know your niners though my vikings today in the uh divisional playoff round uh it's kind of an awkward day jake because i like you but i hate you today honestly <laughs> the saturday show bowl yes yeah. exactly well we're, i i spate you frenemies today. yes i spate you yes, i sports spate. hate you today we're frenemies yes yeah. we are frenemies and uh should be a good one though i'm yeah. excited we'll get into Is a little 230 right yeah 235 kick and uh, we'll get into what happened last week a little bit before those games get going today Absolutely. and tomorrow. It was a great um, opening wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs. And uh, like Tony no Park doubt. says, the NFL, it always delivers when well, yeah, it comes and that's to the, the playoffs. Like, you, you think the NFL is going to play out one way. You think how certain games are going to go. And then, yeah, they actually line up on the field, and all of a sudden it just goes completely opposite. Yeah, I was feeling real good about my pick of Buffalo last week, and then they decided yeah, to Yeah, you even up. took a little shot at me on Twitter. I did. On Twitter really early in a game, Jake, and uh, 
Yeah, uh, it was funny though. Karma came back and <laughs> bit did, me in the You did, room. you did respond to yourself and say, yeah. "Well, this aged poorly," or yes. something like that. Old, old, cold takes exposed. <laughs> yeah. Old takes exposed. Right. You can Ex- hit me up. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. No, but it was a fun weekend. We'll get into it. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, the Jazz, the Jazz are red hot. Um, you've got the FCS National Championship on right now, going down to the wire. James Madison, who defeated Weber State, mm-hmm. uh, they are down twenty-eight to twenty. With 12 seconds left, a penalty on North Dakota State and uh, uh, offsides on North Dakota State. Ooh, and uh, yards. James Madison, I believe, is inside the 20? It should be. It should be in close. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a 12-yard line, 13-yard line right there. So second and five. Yeah, so this is. Could be a classic finish here. This is looking like an exciting finish. So we'll keep you posted on that. Another penalty flag comes out. Looks like they're going to move a little bit closer. That's interference on the defense. Yep, they keep getting – there's seven seconds left. They keep getting inching and inching. They're going to have to go for two, obviously. Should be a fun, exciting finish to the FCS season. We're going to get to the Jazz here in just a minute, but a fun fact about this game, I learned this yesterday – the head referee, so the white hat, we're watching this live right now. Uh-huh. The guy in the white hat, do you know he's a resident of Penguich, Utah? Oh, right. Kelly Holman. He is the lo- he's part of a seven-man uh, Big Sky officiating crew that is calling this national championship game, but he is a Penguich resident, Penguich, Utah. Yeah, one of the uh, head, re- one of the most veteran referees in the NBA lives in Magna. Correct, yeah. So there, I never remember well, no, his name. There's right? there, there are college basketball officials. You'd be surprised how many live in this state. There's, there's it's a, a good central spot if you yeah. ref in the West. Oh, yeah, you can fly out of Salt Lake. You can fly Lake. anywhere, yeah. so. Yeah, so that's that's the one thing about it. So, What is Penguich known for? Uh, I've been there, but I don't remember. Not much. Uh, Penguich is a nice town. It's got yeah. a great name. Yeah. I think they have a reservoir down there. I think I've been to their lake. Penguich, Utah. I pulled it up on Wikipedia here. Um, population 1,500. Okay. As of uh, 2015. Okay, nice small town feel there. Uh, yeah, small town. And uh, let's see where it's at. This is exactly what people tune into the Saturday show for. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a reservoir down there. I went yeah. camping at uh, Penguage Lake Resort. Is that? That might be it. Dixie National Forest. Looks like it's right. Oh, it's right by uh, Grand Staircase. Escalante. 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 <laughs> Escalante National Monument. So there you go. And he is refing the FCS title game. So we got a lot to talk about, Jake. It's going to be a fun day. We're going to let you hear from Joe Ingles and George Niang who have both been playing very well, and they both joined the Zone Sports Network this week, as well as Andy Katz, yes, who was on with DJ and, DJ PK. and PK. Yep, yesterday. So the funny thing, fun thing about Andy Katz is um, PK has known Andy for years, and you'll hear this in the interview when we get to it on today's show. You know what else I love about Andy? Is he covers college volleyball a lot. He does do so, a lot of that stuff. He's yeah. working for NCAA.com, but... Mm-hmm. He's a guy that PK's had me try to get on the show, and that will do it. That'll do it. Interception wow. at the goal line. Get out of there, James Madison player. Just leave. Yep, yep there just we walk go. away. Interception yeah. at the goal line. And North Dakota State's reign of terror continues. Terror, would you call kidding. it that? They, they've been just a true dynasty, honestly. Man, that's a gut punch. Yes. Interception to lose the national title game. Yep, that's rough. But uh, be, be, what was the point I was getting to is where was I at? Where were we I don't know. We're talking about what uh, were we talking? I'm about? I'm so lost. We were talking about Penguin, Utah, for some reason. Okay, well Kelly Holman, the head official, but I don't remember the last point I was making. So let's move on and talk Utah Jazz. Sorry about that. Yeah, let's get into the Jazz. Oh no, you're talking about Andy Katz. Oh, yeah, Andy Katz. PK's so, known him. So for PK's a long known time. him for a long time, and he's had me try to get Andy Katz on the show. We're talking two years now. And finally happened yesterday. This is the first time? We just schedules have never really worked out. We finally got it arranged yesterday. It was a great interview. Cool. So. I'm excited to hear that. Um, and, of course, Joe Ingo's George and Yang. And we'll get into the NFL. 
You've got the national title game, Jake, as we uh, get a crack at talking about that. Correct. Uh, that'll be on Monday, uh, Clemson and LSU. A Tiger is going to be the champion this year. And uh, also, there's a lot of odds and ends around. We'll also get you the live look in, as well as um, technical fouls and stuff like that along that nature. So a lot to do today. Uh, we're with you till 4 o'clock. It's going to be a fun Saturday show as the uh, Bison of North Dakota State have won their eighth out of the last nine FCS national championships. It's wild. I think wild. And the one in that eight and nine is actually James Madison. So Yeah, J- I think J- you're right. JMU is very clearly an elite program, but just has not been able to get over the hump against North Dakota State. Yep. And you'd like to see locally here, one day maybe Weaver State can be in that position. Yep, definitely. All right, uh, let's get to it, Eric. Let's get to the Utah Jazz as they continue to win. Donovan has Biombo in his mismatch. Drives, finds a cutting Rudy, slam dunk. Donovan dishing the dimes. His vision is, is superb now. Tries to get on the baseline, cut off by Zeller. Does the little things well. Cross-court pass to Bogdanovich. Drives on Bacon, fakes the behind the back pass. Now kicks back to O'Neal. Has to force up a quick release three, and he got it. And the funniest thing about that shot, Ron, is he takes this kind of funky quick release because the shot clock's off. He does it at the end of shoot around all the time when playing kind of fun dribbling games. So it's not an unnatural shot to Niang. Rotation, Clarkson. Takes a dribble to his left, fires the three, no good. Rebound battle, jousted, and Rudy controls it. Kicks to Bogdanovich, fires the three, Boyan! 43-27, Jazz by 16. Moutier driving to the basket, kicks to the corner. Clarkson's going to try it again, and it's perfect. The Jazz are just getting ridiculously good luck. Clarkson's now one of six and three. Hands it off to Ingles. Royce O'Neal, left-hand drive, kicks to Bogdanovich. Ball fakes a three, they fly by again. Boyan settles himself and hits the three. Their closeouts are just brutal. Wiggles in the lane, flares out to Bogdanovich. He's open, gives to O'Neal who penetrates. To Ingles who's open in the right corner. Happy Valley it is. Joe Ingles, 750th career three. There you go. Some highlights from last night's game as the Utah Jazz defeat the Charlotte Hornets 109-92 to in a game that was not nearly that close. No. Uh, no. I think it was 27-13 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. It was just a blowout from the beginning. Uh, the Jazz win their 13 of the last 14, I believe, and uh, eight straight. Correct. What's more impressive to you, the eight straight or the 13 out of 14? I think it's the 13 out of the 14 because in that run, the only team that's beaten the Jazz is the Miami Heat, and that was a game that the Jazz had a chance to win. So this, mm-hmm. this honestly could be a 14-game win streak if a few uh, bounces go their way down there in South Beach. And in this run, obviously, the Jazz the Heat have been, still only lost one yeah, home game. Correct. So, so they've been very, very good, and you had your chance in that one. The Jazz in this run absolutely have been feasting on sub-500 teams. There's no if, and, or but about that. But in that run as well, though, there is a big win on the road at the L.A. Clippers. And you and I talked about this last week, Adrian. Coming up here at the end of this month, it's going to start a run of much stiffer competition. At this point, I'm, I'm just enjoying the Jazz blowing out these teams that are not as good as them and handling their business. I'd be a little more concerned 
if they were struggling in, in these games. But it's just been a run where here where you know walking out on the court, you're like, you know what? This is going to be a fun game. I can just sit back and relax. I don't have to stress over this. And there's been some tussles, but they've. that's the nice thing about this kind of run, Jake, mm-hmm. is we talked a few weeks ago going into this when, you know, the the Jazz had struggled. I, 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 you know, I stopped myself a little short of saying the word struggle, just didn't really match kind of what was – what they thought we might be getting out of this team. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, oh, going into this part of the schedule, it's not about necessarily just winning all the time. Yeah. It's about how you're winning and how you're playing. Correct. And, I mean, it seems like a, eons ago that they lost to that Thunder team uh, at home, a Thunder team that's playing very well. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, you look back and you say, at when that happened, that loss, what did we all say? Bad loss. Yep. Right? Yeah. We all thought. And that was fair. But the Thunder actually turned out to be a pretty decent team. Chris Paul leads the league in clutch points. Correct. You know, and uh, they're playing this three-guard lineup with uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's Mm -hmm. turned into a great pro, Schroeder, and then Chris Paul. So um, you go back to that, and that's not as bad of a loss as it looked back then. And they make some moves. They bring in Clarkson. And not just Clarkson playing well, but the rest of the bench has really, really, really turned it up with Tony Bradley and George Niang playing and so well. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention here. So the Jazz, for the fourth straight game, their bench scored at least 40 points. They went scored 56 in last night's game. Yeah. So impressive, impressive. Super impressive. And, yeah. and that goes back to how are you winning against the teams that you should be beating? Mm-hmm. Close one against the Pelicans. That's a Pelicans team that's been playing better. They got that win. The Bulls gave them a little bit of a tussle. Um, that was a close game, um, but other than that, they like you said, they went on the road. They beat the Clippers, a full-strength Clippers team, Correct. Uh, minus Montrezl Harrell, and uh, you know the other teams, the Magic, the Pistons, the Knicks, the Hornets, they're kind of hapless, but you got to win these games if you want to really climb the standings, and they find themselves in fourth place now in the West because of how well they've been playing, not just because of who the opponent is. Yeah. Now, there is something to say, what happens when you run into a tougher opponent, but it seems to me that they are super focused, and Quinn has their attention, and the other Rudy and Donovan have everybody's attention, and Joe Ingles, and they are all they are trying to keep this up so that when the schedule that we talked about gets brutal, they're ready to play. Yeah, no, it's true, and I, I this run right now that the Jazz are on, I I don't want to uh, poo-poo it or make it sound like it sh- it should be expected because this is the NBA, Adrian. We all know that. The, the, there are talented players. These are the best 400, what, is it 450 players now on rosters? Yeah, roughly. So about, these are the best 450 basketball players in the world. And on any given night, any team can get hot and they can they can rough you up. The nice part is the Jazz figure out their defense. The bench issues that we were all worried about before this run began, well, guess what? Credit to the Utah Jazz front office for going and making the moves that have improved that unit in its own right. And not to mention just the, the offense as a whole – this team is shooting the three at an extremely high clip. They're among the best in the league right now, and they're they're truly playing the type of basketball I think that Jazz fans have hoped to see from them where they're still elite on defense, but the offense now has caught up with that defense. And, yes, it will uh, bear watching to see once they get into a stiffer run of opponents. We're talking like the Denvers, the Lakers, Teams like that, when they played those teams more regularly coming up here towards the end of the month and early on into February, if this will continue. But the nice part is right now they're just taking care of business. They're stacking up wins. For a little bit there last night, they moved up to as high as third in the West. They've settled in at fourth. Currently, they're a half game back of, I think, actually second place, the 
and the Nuggets aren't too far in front of them, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check the that Clippers out. The Clippers are one game ahead of them. It's a half game on both. So, so the Jazz are a, are a half game out of second place in the Western, in the Western Conference yeah. right now. Yeah, the Clippers have one more win, but the same amount of losses, so they've played one more game. And uh, the Nuggets have one less loss. Correct. And the same amount of wins. So, yeah, it's tight. The Lakers mm-hmm. are 31-7 and a really good team. And you talked about this stretch, Jake. Offensively, the last 14 games, the Jazz are um, first in the NBA in offensive rating. Yeah, in the last fourteen, and ninth in defensive rating. Yeah, and and you kind you think that's kind of what this was maybe built to be going into this season. Yeah, you go through a couple years of being the best defense in the NBA, but the offense has struggled. I think if you go number one team, which I don't think it's going to settle in as that for the entire season, but you go in in the last fourteen, you're you're the best offense in the NBA. You settle in at ninth defensively, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, no, you are. And the, the the thing with the Jazz right now is I I like what is going on with this team. Yes, have they, according to the metrics, defense has gotten marginally worse? Yeah, a little bit because you lost a guy like Derek Favors, sure. which made you one of the, be- the, the best defensive unit in the league. But I think that the Jazz front office, and this is a credit to Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck, saw what the NBA has become. It's become a three-point shooting league where you have to be able to shoot at a high clip from beyond the arc. I think they they believed if we could get a top-10 offense to combine with what they probably thought they could still stay in the top-10 defensively, if we have top-10 units in both of those, we got a good shot here. And right now, yes, they're the best offensive team in the last 15. That's a nice handful of games to look at that yeah. stretch, and the defense is still top ten in the league. Correct. So if that if those numbers hold up, and they end up sitting, yeah, if they're top ten in both of those metrics come the end of the year, and I'm guessing that this defense is only going to get better, I think, as this year goes on, because guys like Jordan Clarkson, Rajon Tucker, they're going to learn this defense, kind of the nuances, what Quinn Snyder wants them to play, and they'll be more engrossed with their teammates. It's only going to get better from here. Yeah, and the last eight since they kind of made those moves yeah. in this win streak, uh, they're by far number one in offensive rating at a 121.2. Yeah. And that's uh, three points better than the Spurs of all people in the last eight. Okay. And then defensive rating, they're seventh. So in these last eight on this win streak, and you expand that out to the 14 to go to the 13 and 14, that's still first. Yeah. And then you drop a couple in defensive rating, but – and on the year, it's like they're 14th offensively. But it's hard to kind of judge that if yeah, you just go where they stand on the entire season because of the moves they've made. And uh, I'm, I'm interested, you know, the conversation, Jake, shifts to what do they do against these teams that are higher caliber and what do you do when Mike Conley comes back? Okay, and that's what I wanted to get to is the, here's the whole Mike Conley question because the Jazz are doing this right now without – on paper, one of their best players in the lineup. And mm-hmm. they're going to be very careful about bringing Mike Conley back. It's been very mums the word on his status, when he, if and when he might return here. And I'm expecting he'll return in the semi-near future, I would hope. But they're going to be very careful about that. The one thing that I'm not so worried about is I've had a lot of people, I actually was talking with a friend of mine, this is Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, and we were just chatting about the Jazz, we were just catching up, and he's like, when Mike Conley comes back, it's going to screw all this up. And my thought was like, how? Yeah. How is one of the top point guards in the NBA going to come and screw all this up for you? I get that he hasn't been 
Memphis Mike Conley since he got here. He's had his rough run to start the season here. But he is a capable, capable player. And especially come playoff time, he's played a lot of playoff games. He understands the intensity. He understands what's it t- what it takes to win in the, in the NBA playoffs. And you could have worse options than having one of the best point guards on paper in the league coming back off of injury at some point here, you would hope, in the next month or so. Yeah. And that's... I feel like when Mike Conley comes back, this is only going to make the Jazz better. I, and I, I totally agree. I think I don't think it's going to make them worse. Well, you'd first ho- of all, you'd hope not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think moving Ingles into that starting lineup again, not because of just injury, but I think they realized that maybe that wasn't the right way to go. Okay. And you know they're they're going to. I I would expect them to keep him in that starting lineup and move Royce O'Neal to the bench. And actually, I they can play all their st- starters. For together, who kind of they demolish teams, and then they they're gonna have this chance now, with how well the bench is playing, to kind of rotate in some of these starters with the bench unit. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have moments where you got Royce O'Neal with Jordan Clarkson and Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles, you know, in a mix in. Um, I think I like like you. I think Rajon Tucker is going to be a nice piece once he comes along, and there's gonna be a nice mixture of starters with bench players. I would expect Tony Bradley is playing really well. Yeah. And is, and I, I think even with Conley coming back, things are going to be pretty seamless, because maybe this maybe being hurt has kind of a been a little bit of a blessing because he can kind of watch what is happening out there on the court and yes. see what it's supposed to be. There, I I don't think it can be undervalued how much he played in one system with a certain type of big in his career, and he always played with the ball in his hand. Correct. And you can think, oh, these are professional athletes. They should be to adjust and adjust quickly. But, but that's what he did for 13 yeah, years. Yeah, 13 years, you've had the ball in your hand chiefly. Your usage rate was extremely high. And you did pick and rolls with Mark Gasol, who and was a pick-and-pop big. Yeah, and Zach Randolph as well yeah. for many years. Yeah. And so I, I don't think it can. you can just say, oh, they're pros. They should be able to adjust. Mm-hmm. He's go- He needed time to do it, and I think hopefully – some of this time away, he's able to see the system a little bit, and when he Correct. comes in, he's he to be you know Mike. He's got to learn to play off the ball. It's just the it is the reality of it, because Ingles runs the plays, Donovan runs the plays, everyone runs the plays. Mike will run his fair share, mm-hmm. but you got to learn to pick your spots off the ball as well, because he's going to get a lot of open looks. So, and that that comment right there, the, the, him having to learn to play off the ball, and him having some time now to sit and see this team in action, Adrian. I actually think that's going to help him kind of understand what they're trying to do here. We've talked, so uh, Joe Ingles has joined DJ and PK for, what's he been here in Utah, six years now? It's our sixth year of having him on. And he's talked about in the past, when he sits on the bench and watches his teammates play in games, and when he's had to sit for larger stretches, and he's never really been injured to the degree that Mike Conley, but he said when he sat on the bench, especially earlier this year when he was coming off the bench, he said, what you do when you're sitting on the bench is you're able to see kind of how things are playing out and what the game plan that you saw on the whiteboard before the game. Obviously, they have the scouting reports that their the coaches are giving you. But he said, you see it on the court, and it makes you understand, okay, mm-hmm. I get what they're thinking. Because at times, when you're watching stuff on film and you're seeing stuff on the whiteboard that they've got in the locker room, et cetera, you're sitting there and you're like, Okay, I get that, but to see it in action versus actually just just seeing the plan of it, 
can help you understand things. That's what you hope with Mike Conley now that he's had an extended run here where he sat on the bench. He's learning from these coaches. He's, he's sitting next to Quinn Snyder and the coaching staff during these games. You hope that he's picking up, okay, here's where I can pick my spots, and this is where I can fit in better once I'm cleared to get back on the court. And, and I think adjusting your game, we've seen, or his game, mm-hmm. which he is so good that to the point of people who say he's a pro athlete, he should be able to do it. I think he will. Yes. But an example on this team of a guy who's changed his game to fit in better is Emmanuel Moutier. Absolutely. He's completely changed how he plays. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, and he's become such a positive piece coming off the bench than what he was at the beginning of the year. He was giving some good games here and there, but now he's, he's playing so much better. And that's such a credit to Emmanuel for changing things up just a little bit. You know, he's got the Nash dribble going now. Correct. He's really, he's, they say one of their phrases is eyes out. Yeah. That you hear a lot where he's dribbling up the court. He's not just looking to drive and score all mm-hmm. the time. He's looking to move the ball around. He's starting to hit a catch and shoot three. He's really changed his game for the better, yeah. and it's helping the team. And also, it doesn't hurt him when it comes down to uh, making himself more valuable in the NBA. Absolutely. And he's turned. that's why he came to Utah is to improve himself as a player. And to me, that's an example of a guy who played a certain way. Now his career's been much shorter than Mike Conley. But the Jazz have been able to get into his ear and say, you play this way, you're going to win, and you're going to play really well, and he has done that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I think that Mike Conley's going to have a chance to really fit into this offense, even though he's played yeah. a different system his whole career. No, I, and I, I agree with that. And I, I, I like that example of Emmanuel Moutier because his agent uh, really – sent him to Utah and went to the Jazz front office and said, hey, I need you guys to help Emmanuel out. And his agent probably essentially told him, get on that plane, you get to Utah, you listen to everything they tell you, and you do everything they tell you. And I was listening to David Locke's postcast edition of Locked on Jazz, and I I listen to that religiously. I actually listen to that all the time after every game because there are fun anecdotes and things in that. And there was a question last night. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to make an aside. You know, this whole minivan phenomenon? Yeah. We've been doing it for years on Jazz Radio, so if you really want to – Learn some things. Come check out Utah oh, Jazz Radio because yes, we've been doing it a while. So. Yeah, and I listened to that anyway. As well, continue. But I was listening to the postcast edition actually on my way up today. I didn't listen to it last night after the game. I was listening uh-huh. on my way into the station today, and there was a question on there about will will the Jazz be able to hold on to Emmanuel Moody come this offseason? David Locke's first response was, "If he keeps playing like this, there's it's going to be really hard to keep him." Yeah. But the the, the nice part is for a guy like Emmanuel Moody, going back to our what we're talking with Mike Conley here, is I think Mike can look at it and say, okay. This is a young kid who has been a high-usage player who has now fit himself into the confines or the framework of what this team wants to play like. Mm-hmm. Now, it's my job, and you, like you said, Emmanuel, what, is he in his fourth or fifth year in the yeah. league versus 13 years from Mike Conley? And that, that old adage, old habits die hard. Well, I think Mike Conley can look at a guy like Emmanuel Moody and say, okay, this young man who is – seen his career really a lot of people thought he would never be anything more than he was and he's he's kind of become more than he was mm-hmm. I should be able to do the same thing we'll find out if that is true whenever Mike Conley is cleared by the by the team to get back on the court but I like that example of Emmanuel he came in as a guy who was known as just a scorer but now yes he's drive become, and shoot drive and shoot drive and shoot he's, yeah he's become a point guard yeah that Nash or search dribble he's got going on if his three-pointer comes along here he's gonna be even harder to defend well and part of that three too is yeah. he's he's running he's playing off the ball point Correct. guard too yeah and Ingles has found him he's getting mm-hmm. that catch and shoot angle three really nicely and yeah, and he had a he had a feed. Was it to Tony Bradley in so two games ago? He had a nice feed when yeah. he drove into the lane and fed Tony Bradley. 
he's yeah he's got that whole eyes up mm-hmm. mentality and he's also had that uh, ears out is also the thing when he came here to the Jazz yeah. he's listened to everything this coaching staff has done and Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff they're nothing if not thorough in making sure their players are set up to succeed totally and you know all the talk about how the team has been so good since Jordan Clarkson has been here yes he has played a, he's fit in excellent mm-hmm. and he's exactly what they needed but also the rest of those guys on the bench have really come along. Yeah. And, and so that's part of this, too. It's a credit to the Jazz bench players who have worked hard. Because yeah. we're seeing George Niang right now is playing. Can't miss. Just, yeah, it's just insane. It's fun to see Jordan Clarkson coming in and just being that instant offense that the Jazz hoped he would be. And by the way, Rajon Tucker, hey. Nice dunk last night. Kid can play a little bit. Yep, took a charge. Yeah, so <laughs> if he's talking to uh, yeah. David James. He came up and hang, hung Got out it. with me a little bit. Yeah. He was talking about how uh, shoot around Rajon Tucker's interview. Really personal little guy. Mm-hmm. You know, really he has he's a hard worker off the bench. He has a chance to be a fan favorite. Got that big dunk last night. Yeah, he's uh, seems like he's he's gonna be fun. I watched him warm up. He is his legs are are massive. I'm just he he that guy. No wonder he can jump because yeah. he is built. He, well, okay, he looks the part. Because yes. I remember, like, so just to use another example, I know we got to get a break here, yeah. we're way over, but Jarrell Brantley, when we all saw him get drafted by the Jazz, you looked at him and said, NBA player. He just looks the part. You also said, go play middle linebacker. Also for the- true. <laughs> but Rajon Tucker? Yeah, same, same thing. Same type, totally. of, same type of deal. Totally. Alright, we'll get back into the Jazz later in the show. There's a lot of great things going on with this team right now, and uh, there's a lot to break down. They also they play a uh, matinee game tomorrow with the Washington Wizards. Should be a fun one. One thirty. Mountain time tip-off. Guess who's going to be listening to it during Elder Quorum in this room? Well, it's not going to be me. Don't tell me Elder Quorum. It won't be me. Because, A, I don't go to Elder Quorum, <laughs> and, B, I'll be behind the glass. But right. anyway, yeah, uh, it's you. I'm guessing you. Yeah, it's me. They, do they listen? I'll have, like, a earbud in my ear. No, do they listen to the show? Oh, uh, some Does anybody? Do. All some right. Do. Interesting. All right. So, That's on you. <laughs> That's on you. You're going to get in trouble tomorrow. Uh, All right. <laughs> Coming up on the other side. Let's look back, Jake, at the NFL that was last weekend and uh, get into some of the games today. As uh, It was a fun weekend last weekend, and I expect a good one this weekend Correct. as well, starting today in about an hour as the Vikings will kick off against the San Francisco 49ers. And Jake and I will try not to be distracted the whole time. We're going to be like, what did you say? Sorry. Wait, what was that? Uh, what? Oh, uh, uh, let's throw to Joey. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, all that coming up, as well as technical fouls to wrap up the 1 o'clock hour. Stay with us. Here is uh, This is the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's going to be May. This is the Saturday show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch, joined by Adrian Lizer. Thanks for joining us on a Saturday afternoon. And the snow has arrived. Yes. It is out there. It's coming down hard here in downtown Salt Lake City. So wherever you're listening at, whether you're driving out there, you're out and about, or if you're just at home enjoying the show, thanks again for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you guys. Yes, definitely. Ride. And uh, we love hosting this show, Jake. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to be hosting one of the daily shows in a couple weeks. Correct, yeah. So we, because it's some, a week from Monday, right? Yeah, a week from Monday. Just some vacation stuff for pe- yeah. other people. So we're stepping in. It's going to be fun. Yeah, so uh, we'll be on Tony and Austin's show. Yes. Get a rename. We're going to rename it Jake and Adrian. 
bring back one of the old old hosts of that show. Yeah, we'll just have whoever produces play the Saturday show. The JNA opens, show. The JNA. I like it. It should be fun though. I'm excited for yeah. it. But uh, uh if you like it, please download us and podcast us and all that. Yeah, the Saturday show is available in its entirety on whatever podcast you listen to podcasts yes. on. So you can catch up on it anytime. All three hours up there. Eric who's producing it for us today, all the other producers, they do a great job getting it up right away. Yeah. Especially you. Oh well. You I, do a really good I do what I can. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you want to do uh, do some NBA, huh? Yeah, I want to talk a little bit, just some of the different basketball topics. You got college okay. hoops as well in full swing right now, conference uh, play going on. Let's start off on the college f- basketball scene, Adrian. I think the biggest story right now, college basketball wise, here in Utah, is the injury to Yoli Childs. Mm. Uh, suffered what they called a compound, uh, an opened dislocation of his finger, which essentially is a compound dislocation of his finger, where it dislocated and came out of the skin. That's not a great injury for a basketball it's player. It's a horrible picture in your mind, too. Oh, don't Google it. I Googled yeah. it, and there's some awful, awful pictures. Yeah. And the the worry is, okay, how long is he ultimately going to be out here? Um, it sounds like, according to Mark Pope, in the pregame, in the lead-up to the St. Mary's game on Thursday night, in the pregame show on the BYU Sports Network with Gregor Bell, he said one to two weeks was kind of the hope there. Mm-hmm. Um Sean Walker from KSL.com did a great article saying that just based on uh, some of the analysis he's done of the injury and whatnot, if surgery is not required, which the only reason you have surgery on that is to either fix a ligament in there or the bone might need to be repaired in some form or fashion. If it's not needed, yeah, the one- to two-week timeline can ultimately play out because all you need to worry about at that point is getting the, the joint back in order and then also making sure the wound where it actually protruded from your skin is is healed up. I don't know. Ew. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like I said, don't Google open dislocation because you're going to be grossed out. Yes, but to have this on your index finger on your shooting hand that seems like a pretty tough deal. And however long the BYU Cougars have to go without a guy like Yoli Childs, it's going to be tougher for him. Granted, I, they nearly came away with the win in Moraga. I feel I feel for Yoli because. He got. He decides to do, you know, a, a cool thing and return to school for yes. his senior year. Then he gets pummeled by the NCAA for no reason because he didn't check a box correctly. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to miss extended time because of his injury. Mm-hmm. And he's had a couple dings through the course of the season anyway, and uh, you know missed the second half of that Utah game and uh, other things. But now this seems like it could be a couple games. That's, I feel for the kid. That's too bad. Came back to do, you know, came back to try to achieve something cool at his school, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of, it's just gone the other way. Yeah. So the biggest thing right now for the Cougars is because they're on track to make the NCAA tournament. I wrote as much for twelve eight the zone dot com this week, and the Ken Palm ratings, Jeff Sagarin's ratings, even the NCAA's own net rankings have the Cougars in the thirties. And if you stay in that at that number you're more than likely going to find yourself going somewhere for March Madness. Without Yoli Childs for now, because the Cougars are going to face Gonzaga next week, the Mm. first time they'll face off against the Bulldogs, number one ranked team in the country, uh, next week for the first time. It's looking like Yoli Childs will miss that matchup. Uh, You're going to hear from Andy Katz here in a little bit, and he'll explain kind of how he sees BYU in terms of what they need to do to to make the tournament. The nice part is that the Cougars, if they can just – uh, continue to tread wa- water right. until Yoli gets back, they should be okay. That's kind of my thought was not even until he gets back, but if you stay at your – Yeah. You stay third in the 
the WCC yeah, and you Portland don't, tonight. Don't don't drop these yeah. other games that BYU's been known for. Mm-hmm. And maybe that just helps you kind of steadily stay in the 30s. Yeah. And you find yourself in the NCAA tournament as a, you know, as a what, at large 10 seed something like that. Yeah, so the next 3 games for BYU, they've been a 9 seed most recently in Joe Lunardi's bracket. Okay, yeah, 9, nine ten seed. seed. Yeah. And if you're a 9 seed, you're doing something right, especially yeah. at the West Coast Conference. So the next 3 games for BYU is versus Portland tonight at 7:30 there in the Marriott Center. Thursday night they're home against San Diego, and then next Saturday they have that big time showdown at 8 o'clock at number 1 Gonzaga. Yep, these are the you got to win those games cuz you know which teams don't lose those games? Gonzaga, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Yeah. They don't, and BYU has been known to do that. Now that's different staff. You know, you got to edit different and they, years. And they, I think, and they it, haven't had disappointing losses right. so far this year. Well, been, they did. I would count Boise State as well, disappointing. But that one's an overtime. That one is going to look bad on your record. Outside of that one, though, they've had pretty quality losses. And I know quality loss is just a weird term, but that's how we kind of go about things in college basketball in this day and age. Yeah, and I, and I don't know. I didn't, like, the performance against Oral Roberts wasn't fabulous, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm overthinking it, but uh, I think if you just kind of tread water, like you say, you don't lose these games to the lesser opponents in the WCC, and maybe you get one win against St. Mary's, and I don't think you're going to upset Gonzaga this year, but get to that semifinal game in the WCC tournament, and all of a sudden you find yourself as a nine seed. Yeah. And, and you have a chance to win a game. Washington was a nine seed last year, correct? And they got and they beat Utah State. The so. eight the eight nine matchup is yeah. supposed to be a fifty fifty proposition, right. is what the theory is behind that. So, I look at this and some of the other college basketball topics we'll get to here for just real quick. Uh, Utah, they're in my opinion, Adrian. I think right now in this state we have an outside chance of seeing three teams make the make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking of BYU, Utah, and Utah State. BYU right now, according to the metrics pretty much firmly in the field. Utah and Utah State have work to do here. Well, guess what? Utah's got an opportunity now with an uptick in terms of the Pac-12 this year, starting tomorrow on the road in Boulder against Colorado. You start piling up some of these quality wins to go with that upset you had of Kentucky earlier this year. All of a sudden, the Utes could find themselves pretty high up in those metrics as well. Yeah, you got I know San Diego State's really good, but you got creamed by them, so... You got to try to offset that a little bit. Yes. Two good, like you say, though, you got the 25th and the 24th ranked teams back to back here mm-hmm. in Colorado and Arizona. Win those games, all of a sudden you start padding that resume. I, I don't think the Pac 12 is a conference that Utah's going to win. No. I, st- I still think it's Oregon's, but I think kind of the same way I feel about BYU. Yeah. But yeah, a little yeah. different. You kind of got to, well, traditionally, you got to win a couple more games if yeah. you're Utah. And BYU's just got to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. But all of a sudden, you find yourself in a semifinal in the Pac-12 tournament. You have a good regular season in the Pac-12, and you could be firmly in the field as well. And the Pac-12 this year could put put as many as six teams in the NCAA yep. tournament. So you don't, the, the margin of error for Utah is a little bit less than it is for BYU. And then Utah State... They got to figure out whatever's ailing them. They've yeah. lost three straight games now in in Mountain West Conference play. The first time they've lost three straight games under Craig Smith in his short tenure up there in Logan. They got to figure out what's going on with that team because I know Nemius Keta is not a hundred percent healthy, but this is a very talented team. We saw last year was capable of winning a lot of games. I don't know ultimately what's going to go on, but Utah State, they're not out of the mix right now in terms of their opportunity to turn things around. You just can't keep stumbling along here in Mountain West play. Yeah, it's hard to come off of you know, some of their big wins. They've got to win against Florida. Yes, they got to yeah. win against USF. You know, they were in a tussle with St. Mary's, but ultimately lost that game. You know, they beat LSU. Yep. 
And then you come out, you lose to UNLV, San Diego State, and then just get smacked around by Air Force. Especially in that second half. The Air Force Academy. Yeah. And uh, there's there's work to do because right now I've seen a lot of places have them out of the field. So Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. they got a big matchup. You're going to hear that on The Zone tonight. Nevada coming to Logan. It's the lone match between the Wolfpack and the Aggies this year. The Mountain West scheduling is obviously a little screwy. A lot of drama last year. Yes. Not that the staff's all gone and so are the players, but yeah. still, there was still, a lot drama. of drama last year. There was drama last year. So 6 o'clock, that'll be on CBS Sports Network on the TV side, and like I said, you'll hear it here on The Zone. Adrian, one more thing. I meant to get to some NBA stuff, but on the college basketball note here locally, one team to keep an eye on if they continue their hot run that they've started conference play with is Southern Utah. Mm. They're going to be a player in the Big Sky. I know the Big Sky only has the one automatic bid mainly that, that they get, but Southern Utah so far, Todd Simon and his team down there have done some good things. We'll see if they're able to remain a factor. Montana's kind of controlled that number one seed, and they already beat them head-to-head in Cedar City. They'll play them again, I believe, up there. Uh, in Montana, but Northern Colorado also ahead of them in the standings. Yeah, Northern technically, Col- yeah. So well, Northern they're tied exactly almost. Yeah, so Northern Colorado is also I to keep is a team to keep an eye on. But the nice part is Southern Utah is steadily built under Todd Simon here, and we'll see if it's ultimately a payoff year for them this year. It's just they're one other team to keep an eye on here in the state of Utah. Yeah, the hard part about the Big Sky though is it yeah. just comes down to one weekend. You got to win the conference. Tournament. Weber State one and three in conference right now, mm-hmm. five and ten overall. They yep. could be a team, and they're dead last, and they're, they could be a team that comes out and wins the tournament. Who knows? You if never Weber know. State got healthy, and yeah. they had all their guys get healthy at once, because it has just been a year of nobody being healthy at the same time for yeah. them, they could be a factor, absolutely. Yep. So hopefully health comes along with the Wildcats. Randy Ray is going to start joining Tony and Austin coming up here. So uh, if you're Weber State basketball fans, he will be joining the show sooner than later now that football season is wrapped up. So That'll be fun. Uh, yeah, a lot of college basketball. Uh, excitement here in the state because it's been a while since there's been a possibility of multiple yeah. teams. So, like we saw Utah State come out of nowhere last year, it felt like to make the NCAA tournament had a great run there. It would be nice to see multiple teams start making it more regularly. Yep, totally. All right, coming up on the other side, Jake. Let's get to some technical fouls, uh, including a cheater not being one, not wanting to be called <laughs> a cheater, and um, a couple NBA players that should probably know better. Yeah. How they talk to each other, and uh, they are like, "Whoa, I didn't know what I was doing." We'll get into all that and more on technical files coming up next here on the Saturday. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. Personal foul, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Technical fouls here on the Zone Sports Network on the Saturday show, one of our favorite segments, Jake, Mm -hmm. uh, where we pass out technical fouls in sports or otherwise, if you see fit. You know, maybe we'll steer clear of the current political climate internationally here. But there are some technical fouls in that world we could give out. Yeah. But we won't. Let's just put it this way. Be nice to everybody. Yeah, why not? Let's try that. Let's yeah. try that for once. Um, my first technical foul goes to you. Okay. For being a Niners fan. All right. Over to you. <laughs> <Technical>. <laughs> All right. Let's start off on baseball here. Um, so this is kind of funny here. So D- Yankees George legend. George Kittle isn't even that good. 
Is that his name? Okay, watch yourself. George Kittle is the best tight end in the game. Uh, who won a football game last week? Well, the Niners had the bye because they won all their games. Oh, tight end won against the – and he didn't push off. This is some crap, by the way. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> All right, let's talk baseball here. Um, New York Yankees legend Derek Jeter. Well, in a lawsuit dismissed by a judge in May, Garrison Lassiter, uh, who was a former uh, Yankees prospect in high A, has a career batting average of two forty-four. Remember this. Okay. Sued the New York Yankees for $34 million and blamed Derek Jeter for derailing his career as a shortstop, presumably because the soon-to-be Hall of Famer was afraid of the competition. Mm. Okay, here's the deal. If you hit 244 in high single A ball and you're going to sue the Yankees for 34 million claiming that Derek Jeter ruined your career? <laughs> yeah. Um no. it, That's just the the that's sometimes that's just the way it is in baseball. Yeah. You know, you sit in the minor leagues cuz the guy like who's who played Eric, who played center field for the Bees this year? Do you remember off the top of your head? I want to say Matt Thice. Matt Thice. Yes. Who okay. plays center field on the on the home club? Mike Trout? Yeah. Well, Trout's a right fielder. Or right fielder, whoever. No, he's, he's center fielder. Yeah, he's wherever fielder. he plays. Yeah. You, you know, like, sometimes that's the uh, – there was a guy, Efren Navarro, who played for the Bees for so long. He was a great AAA baseball player. Yeah. Albert Pujols played first base. There are guys who are known as quadruple A guys yeah. who are just not good enough to make necessary. Now I don't know about this guy single so, A, but suing Jeter for that's not yeah, his so problem. This is uh, so I'll have one more thing before we get to your stuff here. It says in the lawsuit was dismissed by a judge in May. Garrison Lasseter used letters, newspaper clippings, and scouting reports to weave a strange tale of conspiracy. He said it was launched against him to quote to protect the career of Derek Jeter. He alleged he was blatantly uh, it was blatantly obvious that Jeter controlled the Yankees organization and he insisted Yankees employees libeled and slandered him to other teams, preventing him from reaching the major leagues. The reason? To protect the career of Derek Jeter once again. He acted as, own, as his own attorney, so he's having to sleep in his car now because he has gone through the $675,000 signing bonus he got and he wants to get what he deserved for the, quote, for the interference and lost years of his pro career. Sorry, man. Derek Jeter's a Hall of Famer and maybe one of the greatest shortstops to ever live. I get that you're trying to cash in, but Derek yeah. Jeter's not the guy to go after. In that not way. not this guy. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Austin, or not Austin, Jake, mm-hmm. technical file on me. That's okay. For calling you that. Uh, speaking of lawyers, Patrick Reed's got one. Oh, my gosh. And he has sent a uh, cease and desist letter to Brandel Shambly of the Golf Channel for continually calling, uh, let's see, um, quote, He sent him a letter, is to obtain assurance that you will refrain from any further dissemination, publication, or republication of false and defamatory statements concerning Mr. Reed, including any allegations that he, quote, cheated at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas, end quote. Patrick, I got news for you. You did cheat. You're known as a cheater. You grounded your club twice in the sand trap and cleared sand out of the way. You cheated. And it's happened multiple times in his career because you go back to his college days. Yes. Early on in his PGA Tour career, there's been accusations and rumors of him being a cheater throughout his career. And that time you were blatantly yes. caught. The sand went yeah. flying. Yeah, it's, I t- love Patrick Reed. Oh, I hate, I, It's a hot take, but I love Patrick I Reed. I, How I, I just do you love like him. Patrick Reed? I just love him. I just love the fact that he's so, like... That is terrible of, of of a person, and yet he <laughs> thinks 
somehow in his own twisted worldview that he that is the victim. Okay, I get what you're saying. And okay. I, lo- I love that for golf. I love that there's this just kind of wild wild card who stole wallets from his teammates at Georgia and you know calls himself terrible names on the golf course within earshot of Mike's. I just I, I love that. Patrick Reed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't stand the guy. Yeah. I golf that, would be less fun without Patrick Reed. Yeah. It'd be I'd I'd be just fine without Patrick Reed. For some reason golf is like that one that you don't really like. Like I guess though to your point it's the same reason that I really like Baker Mayfield and a lot of people hate him because okay. he speaks his mind. Yeah. He's he's acts like an idiot a lot of times when he says he opens his mouth. But you know at the same time he can crack a beer can with his face his tooth <laughs> and shotgun it at an Indians game. I kind of like that about the guy. That is true. Yeah, so But I, anyway, you're a cheater Patrick. And Brandel Shambly said as much. He said I it was I saw it on TV. So you cheated. You're a cheater. So, yeah, that's my technical foul. I'm, yeah, I'm Patrick Reed. He, Give it up, dude. Yeah, he he's a master champion. You can't take that away from him. But still, the dude just he needs to stop. Yep. Honestly, just yep. needs to stop. Uh, you got another one? Uh, I don't have any others. You have another one? Uh, I have one. I've it's, got one that was kind of weird, but I don't want to get it. All right. So. Well, maybe later. Uh, Steph Curry and Giannis Antetokounmpo caught on the sideline with Steph Curry saying, "Let's do this. Come on, let's do this." Uh, claiming that he was talking about playing video games with Giannis. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Technical foul. You think we're all that dumb? Yeah, we're that dumb. Come on. The NBA tries to pull this stuff all the time. No, we were just talking. No, you weren't. And guess what? The, th- the, th- the fact of the matter is they can ding them for whatever $1,000 they want. Yeah, for tampering. They'll, just, they'll yeah. just write a check and yep. be on their merry yep. way. And Giannis will be in uh, Golden State Colors next season. And guess what? The NBA... Your ratings are going to continue to suffer yep. if that happens. Yeah, the whole everyone thinking the you're, the age of the super team is over. I got news for you, it ain't. Give it a couple years because this is just one year where there was a one off where kind of the the talent spread out. Yes. Wait until twenty twenty one with Anthony Davis, Giannis. A lot of these guys are free agents. There's going to be another super team coming yeah. next season. So. Uh, no. So I I need to make a correction. Okay. Uh, it is Brennan Lund who actually started at oh, center former field. Oh, BY, former BYU guy. For uh, for most of the year. Matt Feist is a first baseman. Oh, okay, yeah. I do not know why I thought he was a center Dang player. it, Eric. Brennan Lund's had a cool career so far. Yeah, yes. He got drafted out of BYU, went right to the Orem Owls. He never left the apartment he lived in when he went to BYU. When he <laughs> really? played for the Owls. Well, that's funny. I think he had to go to Arkansas at the Travelers double-A mm. team. He went there, I think, for a year or whatever, and now he's with the B. So he's been in Utah. He played at Bingham High School in high school. So the kid's a Utah kid, and his career has been played out for the most part so far in the state. Yeah, I wished my uh, cousin was drafted by the Angels because I was hoping he'd end up in Salt Lake for, cool. for a stint, but... He'll be in Indianapolis for hey, most of his time. There's still opportunity. There's still time. There's yes. still time. There's always rehab assignments around the Correct. Major League Baseball. All right, coming up on the other side, it's playoff time. NFL gets uh, gets going in the divisional round at 2.30. We'll break down what happened last week and what we think is going to happen this week. And uh, Jake is lucky that there's this divider between the two of us. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Um, but it should be a fun one. Should we do a lunch bet on this or something? We'll figure something next out. Next week? I think we're on remote next week. I can't verify I like that it. quite yet. I but like it. Let's do it. Winner brings lunch. Yeah, let's do or it. Or loser brings lunch. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, uh, that's all to come here on the Saturday show.